Welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina, and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. And in this episode, I spoke with Devon Hurt, the co-founder of Prediction Strike, a stock market-like platform that lets you buy and sell professional athletes with other players across the world and potentially make real money. It's such an interesting platform and I can't wait to share it with you guys. So we speak about how Devon created a beta platform for this and attracted his early users because the community element was crucial for this business to work. And also how he tested the business out by having to get up at five in the morning, most mornings, to manually input the player data and also highlighting the importance of having manual functions in the early part of the business. And it's something that we're kind of like going through at the moment with Wing. A lot of the processes are very manual, but we're thinking of different ways to automate it. And I wouldn't actually change that. I think the the manual process at the beginning is so important and we talk about why later on the episode. So please do stay tuned for that. And lastly, growing strategies Devon and his team used to expand the community on the platform to now having processed over $2 million in transactions since the inception. And it's an amazing episode and I highly recommend that you stay until the very end of the episode. Very quick disclaimer from me before we get on with the episode. Uh, the sound quality, we had a bit of an issue with it. Uh, it's still it's still good. I'm still happy with it, but I know it's not up to the sort of standard that the previous episodes are at. So I do apologize for that. In future episodes, uh, it won't be like this. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, the previous episodes and the ones in the future will not have this sort of sound quality. It'll be a lot better, I promise you. Um, but yeah, it, it's not that bad. I'll let, you, I'll let you judge for yourself. Anyway, I'll stop talking. I'll get on the episode. Hey, Devin, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really great. Thanks. It's so good to have you on the podcast. We've been talking for a while. I love what you guys are doing in the US. It's it's so amazing. And we had a we had a very similar company in the, in the UK. So yeah, I'm massively excited to have you on the podcast for sure. And I think a lot of my audience are very excited to have you on the podcast. It's not it's not that, you know we don't have that many US guests on, but whenever they do come on, they always come on with some very very cool businesses. So I'm very grateful to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Now it's it's great to be here. Love reaching out to the UK audience. And like you said, you had a similar platform. Uh, we're same, same, but different. Uh, you know, similar idea, but love to just tell your whole audience about what we're bringing to the table. Yeah, for sure. I think before before we jump straight into it, it'd be great to know sort of, I know this is a very sporty platform. So I guess like you must've been into sports your entire life. Pretty much. Like I think the best way is I've been active my whole life. Uh, definitely played, like went through the ranks of, of sports as a child. Uh, soccer, baseball, lacrosse, football, basketball. Now I do mixed martial arts. So I've always definitely been active. Uh, and I, I just love watching sports. It's fun. A big thing I do with my friends. I play in fantasy leagues, kind of all of that. So I guess I guess it would be amazing just because like, I want to maximize the time that we got together. I guess what is Prediction Strike? The idea of Prediction Strike is what if you had a stock market for sports? What if you could invest in your favorite athletes what if you could buy and sell shares of your favorite athletes? What does that feel like? I think there's a lot of investment platforms that exist, of course. There's the literal stock market. Um, and then there's also, you know, there's, there's markets now for wine. Some people buy whiskeys to sell. Some people buy art to sell. Cars, right? But if you're a sports fan, what's the market for you? That's what we are. So you currently, like, I guess just to give a bit of a lowdown, you currently operate in the... And NFL and NBA, um, those those two those two sports um, in, in the US. So, I guess like 
more practically, I guess it's just like you buy you buy players on this sort of market as they play better. They obviously their value goes up, and then you can kind of like either hold them for a bit longer, like a, like in the stock market, or you can cash in and sell it to someone exactly. else. Exactly. No, that's I mean that's exactly right. Same same thing as the stock market. I'm buying low. I think this is undervalued. It's going to go higher. As and for a player, I think they're going to get better, right? And as I as I continue to buy as I buy low, then exactly, I'm hoping to sell high. That is pretty crazy. Like it's it's quite funny because with these sort of markets, so basically what you're doing is like you're buying and selling players on this like whole market. And like we'll talk about how you kind of grew that platform to what it is now. But what's really interesting for me is that obviously a lot of people give like the, the kind of the thing around certain like traditional stocks is that when they go very high people are like oh people are just speculating people are just like doing all of this stuff and especially with like crypto at the moment people are saying this huge bubble people are like speculating again but it's like with a lot of these stocks and things like there's not really that much behind it it is it is mostly about sort of human behavior and and you know how much money you can make so you could, so crypto is a very good example of this in action. Like I studied economics at university, so I, I know yeah. these, these sort of things like behavioral economics and those sort of stuff. So it's like, especially with crypto, because some of these cryptos have like nothing exactly. behind them. But it's just because they've got this strong community and people think it might go higher in the future because the community might grow. So like people buy it and then like in the hope of selling it in the future, but there's nothing fundamentally there. And I guess like, maybe not to that to that extreme but there's a similar thing that could be said for this um because the players obviously like they if they play well but no one out no one wants to buy them they remain at the same price right so it is based on entirely on human behavior which is really interesting a lot of it is so we we've actually stepped in as a market maker to that point uh prediction strike has stepped in as a market maker uh because that that is the potential problem right what and I guess it goes to the root question of how we started. How do you even build a a liquid platform that was founded by two guys for their group of friends? You can't. So we had to step in as a market maker. And and because of that, there is <clears throat> we can complete trades that maybe no one's buying or no one's selling. But you're right. It, a lot of it is based on human behavior, on what is the mental perception. And our goal is that we want to take that perception of the player and bring it out of your head and bring it to a dollar value. Because you know, right, um, I know this is a soccer-heavy audience. Neymar is my favorite soccer player. You know how good Neymar is, and that means something to you to some point. Whether you're like, he's overhyped, he's underhyped, or you're like, look, PSG just got messy, he's going to have a down year, or you're like, PSG just got messy. That's going to help him out. That's like his best friend. You know, there is a calculus that goes on in your mind there. Let's, let's bring that to a dollar value. I mean, you, you, cause if you were the, the GM or the manager, right. Of PSG, there's a literal dollar amount that you, you would be like, I'll pay Neymar that. So like we can bring that down to a very individual level. Cause you're not, you don't have $45 million. Uh, I, and I don't even know what that is in pounds. You don't have $45 million a year to pay Neymar. But you can say, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you, you can, you, but you can say, hey, I'll, I'll pay $10 for a share of Neymar. And so that's what we want to bring out of people. That's really interesting. And you're, you're totally right, especially when it comes to these sort of like, I'm always going to use football because it's just the, the sport that I know very well. But like when these big clubs 
are um, you know buying players, a lot of them are doing the same sort of thing, especially when a football club is run by is run like a business where where a lot of these football clubs are. So when they bring in players for a certain value, say it is fifty million, their their actual perceived value probably is about sixty million, seventy million because of the amount of you know they can win them titles or they can sell them on in the future. They're quite young. They can you know they can use their training infrastructure to make them better. All of these th- type of things and a lot of biz- a lot of football clubs are similar to that sort of structure. So why not? you know scale that down to so the fans can actually make use of that sort of market it is a very interesting concept and i think it is something that that people resonate with and i mean obviously right because you you've grown it to what yeah. it is today no it is something people resonate with everyone you have a perception of athletes right you do <laughs> no matter what it is and you're right it's 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 just so easy for people to be like oh yeah you know this guy's the future or I think he's about to decline. I think he's going to take a step back. It's very easy for people to do. So for us, it's just getting you to take that next step and saying, all right, this is the share price. But you have the mental picture in your head already. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you actually, I guess, like you are building a stock market from scratch, right? Like it is, the stock market's been around for, for, for I don't know how long actually. For, I think several hundred years, several hundred years, yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's been around for ages. So I guess, how did you build something like that from scratch where you are trying to, I don't know how sort of much market manipulation you guys are doing as the platform. I imagine it's very, very little. Maybe it was a lot at the beginning. Maybe it's like trying to go even less now. So I guess like, how did you kind of build that at the beginning? Yeah, and so I think that that's exactly what it, what it, um, what it evolved around. So this idea of how do I build a stock market for sports fans? Uh, the stock market itself is quite complicated. Um, you know, there's there are vastly simplified explanations for the stock market, but there are people who go to, like you said, go to university, who have lifelong careers in this, and who get quite good at it. But how do I create a stock market that you can say, hey, I'm jumping in today. I I, I like football. Don't know too much about stocks. But I want to buy some shares of Neymar or Sterling or right. And so that has been the question. How do I create something that's very approachable, but also feels like a stock market? And so we kind of settled on two things. All right. We said, look, the primary way the stock market moves, of course, is supply and demand. That's kind of simple. We got or it's simple to understand. So we said stocks, if more people are buying shares of a player, the stock is going to go up. If more people are selling, the stock is going to go down. Okay, cool, we get that. But there also needs need to be a game performance component because the games matter, right? Like I'm watching someone play, the games matter. Or you're in the UK, one of my favorite athletes ever is Lewis Hamilton. I watch this guy race every other weekend, every three weeks, whatever it is. I care about how he does, right? It, that matters. And so the other thing we said, okay, how, how do we bring games into it? We said games are kind of like earnings reports. So a vastly simplified version of the stock market is when a company beats on earnings, their stock goes up. If they miss on earnings, their stock goes down. So we said, okay, fine. We're going to bring that. So when your earnings projections are essentially your fantasy projection. So Neymar's projected to score 0.2 goals. He scores one goal. He beat on earnings. Uh, you know, or, or maybe he scores zero goals and maybe he misses. That's what we said. That's how we said it works. And so 
Now you do have that game performance component, which are earnings reports, quote unquote. And you also have the supply and demand component, which is what people are also familiar with with the regular stock market or, or more familiar with, with crypto now. I think you brought that up earlier. That's <laughs> That's been the big thing. People are like, oh, I just think someone's going to want this more later. And that's and that's how it works. Yeah, no, it's a very good point. So I guess like you 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 must have studied the stock market a lot and brought some people in who understood it very very well to be able to replicate it on this sort of scale. So I guess more more practically, when you had this sort of like knowledge in your mind, and you knew that this is the goal to to build as in your own words to build a stock market for to for sport fans. I guess. How did you test that out? Like it's it it's it sounds like a colossal sort of task to to actually build a stock market from scratch. So there must have been a few stages before you actually started having that sort of platform that enabled people to do that. Yeah, no, you're right. You're exactly right. We studied the stock market a lot, and we wanted to we wanted to simplify it. Um, in the in the in the like we needed this to be so approachable and so simple that you can be like you could see like you know, a couple lines about it and be like, okay, that makes sense to me. And so it has been about taking these very complex, these very not intuitive, always stock market concepts and, and bringing them down to, to what is just like, what is the, the random person at the bar? What is the thing that they want, want to see this? How do they want to see this work? And they want to see game performance matter, of course, in any sports fan, like, that's how we measure how good someone is. And then also, do other people care? Are you buying shares of the athlete or are you not? Uh, and so it was like, I need to bring this to a level that is so – that, but also to an explainable level. And that has been key. How do we explain this to you? Because if I'm fighting with you to understand it, I've kind of already lost, right? You're not going to put money in something that you're like, ah. Uh, I kind of get it. Or maybe you're going to put $10, you know, money that's throwaway money or 10 pounds. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry to your audience, but, you know, it's throwaway money, right? But how do we get someone to see this is legitimate? I get it. I want to put real money into this. And so that has been our biggest concept along the way. And so we've, we've, we have been able to step back and, and just, I mean, a lot of it's literally just listening to people. We have thousands of users. It's like, just listen to them. Just people are going to tell you what they want and what they like and don't and and, and go forward from there. Devin's idea and execution to building this platform is extremely interesting and I love what he's been doing with it. But I really wanted to talk to him about sort of how he attracted his early users because for a platform like this, you can't actually make it work without that sort of strong community. Sure, there's ways to test the idea without a really strong community, but for it to actually work and function without sort of market manipulations from their side, you need an extremely strong community because you need obviously the buyers the sellers obviously they're probably the same the same parties but you need a lot of them for this market to work and so i really wanted to ask him how he had actually attracted those early users to the platform first users were our friends <laughs> and so those are great because you can make you can rope them into it <laughs> uh, it's like guys i made this thing you kind of have to sign up if you love me you'll sign up and if you don't you're not my friend anymore and you get to do that, right? Because they're your friends. Um, and so they were the, the perfect test cases. And my friends are very um, very honest, I guess, is the, is the word. So they'll be like, I don't like this. Or this doesn't work for this reason. This is dumb for this reason. 
And so that has just been a blessing because they can be like, this is, this doesn't make sense or this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And so that has been key. So those were our first, first users, which has been nice to, to kind of soft launch in, in that, like, you know, I can bring it to my friends and we're all in kind of like the safe space of like, they feel like they can tell me the truth. And also I want to hear the truth from my friends, especially it's a real money platform, right? I want to hear the truth from my friends and be like, ah, I like this. I don't before there's 40,000 people out there who are like, this is breaking. I don't like this. What what did you actually launch with? I'm quite interested because there's there's obviously so many different ways that you can launch a product. And for a product like this, it's it seems as though it needs to be either very, very manual from your side, like literally whenever anyone sort of scores or whatever, you need to literally up like increase their price. It's very, very manual. Or on the flip side, you kind of scale it down to a very, very small level to make sure that you can do it. Like there's a lot of different ways that you could have tested this, soft launched it. So I guess like what was the kind of strategy you used? Yeah, so we start with a web platform. That was the big thing. Um, web was just easier for me to build. Uh, I So I built the first platform. Web was easier. That was huge. And so had to do that. Uh, and then you're right in terms of like how do you scale like – a lot of building a startup is doing things that don't scale and doing it a lot. And so we did that. So, I mean, in the beginning, we were downloading stats and data from ESPN and the MB- and NBA.com. So we support football, or American football, rather, and basketball right now, where soccer's coming for, <laughs> for everyone. But it's it's been – we were literally every morning, 5 a.m., downloading data. And that is not a scalable process, but that's how you start before you can, before you can pay, because paying for, for data, it, you would think it's very cheap. It's not, it's quite not. So like, you know, we didn't have the money yet. So we're like, we still want to do this. We want to make it work. All right, 5am we're up, we're downloading, we're making this work. So I guess like at the beginning when it is, when it was very, very manual, like what were you kind of doing? Obviously you download the data, but were you kind of like for, for, you had the players there, I guess. And I imagine you didn't launch with both M- NBA and NFL. You must've just launched with one of them and a very small group of players to make it, to make it sort of like actually make sense for you guys. Um, like what was it? What did it, what did it kind of look like from that? From that yeah. Side? So we, we wanted, we were actually quite passionate about releasing every player um, initially. And so we, we did know that we wanted we wanted the price movement to be algorithmic so that we wouldn't have to get up every day and, and, and literally adjust the prices. We're like, all right, if we can download data and put them into a, a program, we can do that. But, you know, we didn't want to be like, all right, Tom Brady, ah, plus six cents. Like, we didn't want to be doing that. And that to us also felt like market manipulation. Whereas we said, look, if it's an algorithm, then everyone can get behind that. It's universal. We don't have any input. We don't have any biases. And so we were quite passionate about that. And so that's something we, we've been doing since the beginning. Okay, sweet. So, you, so you, had, you had all the players. You were downloading all this data, and you were kind of manually increasing or decreasing prices. People were – and you had the initial users from your friends. They were, they were obviously putting some money in, trading uh, different players, holding them. I guess, like, what was the sort of step after that? So was it, was it a case of kind of like – 
solving, like getting more users first, or was it a case of solving that manual process first before you can take on more more users? That's kind of like what we're facing at right now with my my business. So it's a very interesting question. For us, it was about we figuring out what the platform is like, like figuring out, all right, make the platform work, make the platform work for our small amount of users and making sure it made sense. Now, so now we have a process. Yeah, we're getting up at 5 a.m. every day. It is not fun, but that is still a repeatable process. We kind of have to suck it up. You know, some Saturday mornings were not fun. We'll say it like that, but. So you still, you still get up at five. In the oh, morning absolutely. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> we have funding. So like, oh, we thankfully buy, buy data, but there was a good year of my life. I was up at 5 a.m. And I wish I could be like, I was up at 5 a.m. I go to the gym. I check my emails. Like, you know, kind of like that startup, like, um, I don't know, the, the person like the hype beast who's like, I, I work so hard. No, I was up at 5 a.m. because we needed to be. <laughs> For anyone listening, by the way, anyone that is like those, just a very side point, those those people on Instagram that are like, I wake up at 5 a.m. and all this stuff, most of the time it is bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's not, it's no. not true. So, like, obviously you had to wake up at that time and you're, you're saying what I appreciate from you right now is that you're being very honest about it. You're saying like, it's not fun at all. No. Um, and thankfully, like, as your plan was, once you scaled it, you were going to like outsource that to, well, not outsource it. Buy data, exactly. Find a more scalable no, way. No, yeah, you're yeah, right, yeah. you're right. And, and that's a huge point for everyone listening. Like, people, there is this like, and LinkedIn's the worst. Uh, LinkedIn is a brilliant platform, but there are people on LinkedIn who are like, I get up at four every day. I read three newspapers. I, I, I read three newspapers. I work out. I've read, you know, I read the Knicks earnings report. And it's like, you don't, I know you, you don't do this. Right. You know? And so like, but, but remember, sometimes you will have to get up at 5 a.m. for a year. And that is, you know, and that's the whole thing, but it's, don't feel, it's not a competition. I think it's, it's kind of the, the end around we're getting to. It's like, I did that because I literally had to. And I was like, I can every single day. I was like, I cannot wait until we never have to do this again. <laughs> and, and that, and that's, that's, that's where we were. And that's where we, and, and thankfully we're, we're at that point now. It was like, so to your earlier question, it was like, we need to get enough users that people see this as a viable platform such that we can get some angel investment. And now with that angel investment, we can buy data. So I no longer get up at 5 a.m. It's like, figure out what that next step is for you in the evolution. For me, it was like, wow, I woke up at seven. This is like the angels are singing behind me. Like, you know, it's like, this is the greatest I've ever felt. Like that first day of not having to do that anymore was the most beautiful day of my life. Yeah, but just very quickly to reiterate this, it's like what I what I loved about that sort of very short story was that obviously you work, you work up at 5 a.m., Devin, but like you probably if you didn't do that and you kind of bought the data at the very beginning, I, I doubt that the product would be kind of as far as it is now. And the reason is because once you've kind of like gone through those very unscalable manual processes, you get a very, very good understanding of how to scale those. So you know like what works, what doesn't work. And so when, it, when you do get some money, some angel investment, as you mentioned, you know exactly where to spend it on. Um, so, so no, no money is wasted. So that's kind of like what we're working through at the moment. It, all right now designing, um, I mean, you don't, you don't know about my business. We, I didn't, we didn't talk beforehand because we had some audio issues for anyone who wants to peek behind the curtain. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, like right now we're, we're designing all the custom stuff ourselves and it's very, very manual. 
um my my designer was like i can make more money working at tesco but he actually said that in the group chat which is true he, he's not lying but like the thing is right now if we do get some money we know exactly how to scale this like perfectly and i think like a similar thing must have happened for you no and that's exactly it. it's like what is the most painful part of my day and how do i stop doing that thing and it is <clears throat> it's not quite about hiring someone you know i think as an entrepreneur especially in the beginning you do a lot of stuff and and that's and stuff in the very broadest sense of just stuff and so the question is, okay, how do I, how do I, okay, so you need to hire someone for things that are very time consuming that someone else can do and probably has a better skill set for. But when it is something that's just annoying and time consuming and you're like, why are we even doing this as a, as a company? That is the first thing you want to attack because that's taking unnecessary time. Like five, five to five thirty, and God forbid something went wrong, five to six a.m. every day I'm doing, I'm downloading data, uh, writing, you know, putting it into the algorithm. That is a half hour to an hour of my day lost. I could be doing literally anything else. And as well, like once you did get that funding, you repurposed it into the things that deliver the most value. And for you, I imagine that was building the community, right? So building the sort of like people on the platform. So what I would love to know is because right now, I think, I don't know how accurate this is, but it was the last time we kind of spoke, $4.5 million in, in transactions that you've managed uh, aggregately, right? That's a lot of money. So I guess like, how did you scale the platform to where it is right now with like that many, so that much money kind of being transacted? Yes, I mean, you're right. It's all about building the community. And a big thing for us to start with was tapping into existing communities. The fantasy sports community here is huge. Um, as you as you know, like American football is massive here. So it's like there are a lot of communities that exist around that that we're able to reach into. NBA basketball, also huge here. Um, but Ameri like the way you care about your football, American football is the same level of just love. And so it's like, let's reach out to that community. Let's tap into that community and bring them into us, right? You know, let's, let's, let's bring them into our ecosystem. And so we've been able to do that through, a big thing has been like interviews like this. Let, let's let people hear from us. Let's hear, let people talk, like, what, what are we actually about? Who are we? Are we real people? Um, it's very hard to get someone to sign up for some random internet platform and then also deposit money. It's like, oh, we're, we're real people. You know, you want to know if those are real people behind you. And so that's what so when you when you talk about tapping in when you talk about tapping into those communities, I think, by the way, I think that's a very, very smart strategy to go into. And it doesn't actually require that much money as well from anyone that's interested doing these sort of like partnerships, but also reaching out to those sort of communities. So I guess like how so you, you had a you had those communities in mind, you know, you knew who they were. But when it came to actually like the channels to approach them, how, how did you do that? Yeah, um, <clears throat> podcasts have been huge podcasts. And other of these just kind of podcasts have been huge for us. And I think it's just, it gives people a peek behind the curtain, just that we're real. Um, but otherwise, <clears throat> newsletters, you're getting your, your source from a trusted, trusted person every day. Like, let's, you know, and now they're, they're advocating for us. So they're like, okay, this must be real. Um, what else? Um, uh, Discord. And Slack groups, like these other groups where where people are just constantly engaging. Because now it's like, that we're here. We're literally quite here. And so if you want to hear from us, just be like, hey, Devin, 
how does this work? It's like, ah, you know, click, 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 click. Like, it's like, oh, that, that makes sense. And there is a very instant gratification there. And again, it reinforces that, oh, there's like a real person that exists somewhere who's accountable for this. And that matters to people, of course, when they're spending real money. That's, that's really, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Devin, we're like pretty close to wrapping up now, but what I would love to know, um, I guess for anyone listening, what, what are your plans moving to the UK or Europe, I guess? Yes, we're super excited to move to the UK and broadly Europe. Um, <clears throat> UK will probably be first, uh, just as a in- predominantly English-speaking country. Very easy to kind of, you know, get there's – a, there's less of a, um, I guess, lift to getting it out in the UK. So really excited for that and really excited for broad Europe. I mean, the, so we were planning to add soccer ahead of the World Cup, uh, which everyone knows is next year. We, and when you start adding soccer, we'd be silly not to reach out to the European audience. And so look look out for us within a year. We are coming. Uh, invest in all your favorite football players, football players on your national team, football players on your home team, all of them, we are bringing them. That's amazing. I can't wait because a lot of – I know we – how much time yeah we've got a bit of time to talk about this obviously a big sort of i guess you could say competitor in the uk of yours they obviously they're they're not around anymore i had a lot of friends that had money in 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 their platform i think they just lost it to be fair unfortunately yes. but like that leaves a very good opportunity for you guys to to come in and fill that gap and um if we had more time we'd obviously talk about like the regulation side because i know a lot of people wanting to start businesses are always concerned about the regulations and stuff like that so uh yeah don't have time to talk about it today we can maybe get you on for another Let's podcast do it. once you actually do launch in europe which would be amazing but yeah that it's been amazing having you on devon it's been really really good how can people stay in touch with you and prediction strike going into the future yes um as always feel free to reach out to me devon hurt um either on instagram or twitter there's a prediction strike instagram and twitter easy to follow reach out we're around happy to answer any dms and also if you just go to our website predictionstrike.com you can join our mailing list um, and get get in touch with us. Um, we're not in the UK yet, but we will be soon. So uh, make sure you keep an eye out. Okay, sweet. Thank you so much, Devin, again. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thanks so much. Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. It's such a pleasure talking with Devon and I really hope that you enjoyed it as well as I did. If you did enjoy, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And as a thank you, I'll give you a shout out at the beginning of the next episode. You have my word on that. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, Those are the two platforms that we're very, very vocal on. And yeah, that's it from me. Thanks for enjoying the episode again and I'll catch you in the next one. See you later.